Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. We sure will, because Biden is on his way out from all indications. Welcome, friends, to Praying for America. And we're going to pray that this country will be spared another Democrat administration. Because, uh, look, there's a lot of things going on that... uh, Explain why Biden is continuing to do so poorly in the polls. It seems like every hour that goes by, whether it's his own personal uh, physical and mental decline or whether it is the out, absolutely out of all bounds destruction that he's doing on America and failure in his policies uh, or, or whether it is the... Um, the state of the world where people are saying, wow, this sure would have been better under President Trump or any number of other factors, the, the decline of Biden. And of course, I, right after we read a relevant scripture, the continued revelation of his corruption and that of his family, it's all working against him. All of it. The troubling thing is that we have to suffer through so much distress. But the bottom line is that all that distress is leading us to a point where hopefully enough American voters are getting it, that the Democrat Party is bad for America, Biden is bad for America, vote him out. The solution is in nobody's hands more than in ours. Of course, we all acknowledge everything is in God's hands, but he has put the solution in our hands. As we fill out those ballots, we fill out the ballots. We get other people to fill out the ballots. That's our, that's our escape hatch. The ballot is the escape hatch from everything that's going on here. All right, let's go to the scriptures. We always look at the word of God in terms of what it says in regard to what's going on here. First letter of Timothy, first letter of Paul to Timothy, chapter six, starting with the second part of verse two. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Now, there is great gain in godliness with contentment. We brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich 
fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, pierced themselves with many pangs. Let us pray. Father, we ask for deliverance right now. Father, we pray that America be delivered from the totally inept and corrupt administration that is currently in the White House and in our federal agencies. Remove this scourge from our midst. Father, we pray we are under oppression, an anti-God, anti-life, anti-America administration. Free us, Father, free us, free us. Free us from the corruption that comes from the love of money, which creates bitter pangs, not only for those who love it, but for others, as your word says here, it leads to harmful desires that not just plunge them into ruin and destruction, but your word says that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Lord, the love of money on the part of our leaders leads us all into ruin, brings us all to destruction. So save us from this president. Deliver us from this administration. Hasten the day, Lord God, when we will no longer have Democrat control. Hasten the day. Hasten the day. We pray in the mighty name the Lord of every nation and the only hope of humanity, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Yeah, the love of money. The love of money on the part of politicians, the love of money on the part of church leaders. You hearing that out there, some of you bishops who care nothing except about money? It's a root of many evils. It brings ruin on so many people. The love of money. You see that check, $200,000 check that's making the rounds? We had it as the thumbnail of today's uh, program. Mr. Joe Biden. Yeah, people on the other side, you know, they, the, the, the no evidence people. Oh, we don't have any evidence. Oh, we don't know about this, about that. Oh, yes, we do. We're getting closer and closer, you know, to that to that example that we've given out here for a long time that, you know, what do you need? Those of you on the left who say there's no evidence of the Biden financial corruption, what do you need? A video of Biden walking away with a smile on his face and a bag in his hands with the dollar signs on it? Well, they're getting pretty close. You saw this check. Let me just read from the report here. House Republicans now have released these bank records of Biden's brother, James, and... They raise even more questions about whether Biden personally benefited from his family's business ventures. The House Committee on Oversight and Accountability revealed a $200,000 personal paid check to Mr. Biden from his brother James and sister-in-law Sarah. 
The personal check was labeled a loan repayment, was issued before his presidency on the same date in 2018, the same date when AmeriCorps Health LLC, which manages rural hospitals, also wired a loan of the exact same amount into James Biden's PNC bank account. So Representative James Comer, who chairs the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, said, quote, Joe Biden's ability to be paid back by his brother depended on the success of his family's shady financial dealings. Now, you remember this same committee uncovered how the Bidens, I'm using their words and their associates, created over 200, I'm sorry, over 20, 20, 20 is bad enough, over 20 shell companies, most of which were created when Biden was vice president and raked in over $24 million between 2014 and 19. Nine members of the Biden family have participated in or benefited from these business schemes. Yes, anybody really believe that all these people benefited, but not Joe? Did anybody really believe that? AmeriCorps claimed James Biden received hundreds of thousands of dollars in loan from their company on the promise that his last name, quote, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. Joe Biden being in the vice presidency and now in the presidency opens political connections, not just for Hunter, it opens political connections for anybody in his family. And again, it's the same thing. It's access, access. So here we are. The check is there. Hey, there's going to be more coming. Don't you worry. We might get that video of Joe walking walking along with the money bags. Yeah, we might just get exactly that. Who knows? House race. I'm going to get on to, to some. I'm going to share with you some helpful videos about the, the Middle East, another way that Biden is failing us. Uh, just incredibly. And now I want to show you how some polls for the 2024 race are really continuing to look bad for Biden and good for President Trump. But just a, a note, uh, tonight we have to pray, we will pray right now, for the guidance of the Holy Spirit on this House race uh, for speaker. We've got to get a speaker in there, obviously. We've got to get, we've got to make, if, 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 if there's going to be some... Um, good come out of all this disruption. Let it be shown that we're tired of the establishment. Let it be shown that the MAGA movement is, in fact, the greatest American political movement. Let it be shown that we say no to people like Tom Emmer. You know, uh, one of the reasons to say no uh, to him is uh, his anti-Trump uh, stance. You know, People who miss the greatest political leadership of our generation and some would say of our whole nation's history have really got a have really got a problem. Okay, there's a blind spot there that is uh, significant and even dangerous. It's sad to me that so many of our fellow citizens, uh, although they are in a minority, have this um, inc incredible capacity to miss the greatness of the leadership of President Donald Trump. And you know one of the reasons 
that he's been able to accomplish so many things that other politicians were not able to accomplish is not that those things were so difficult in and of themselves. It's because of what we read in the Word. The love of money deterred and distracted and discouraged and weighed down and, um, and led astray so many politicians who indeed had the right ideas, indeed agreed with much of the Trump policy if they were on the, the Republican side of the aisle, indeed even promised to get certain things done, wished that they could have accomplished a fraction of the things that President Trump accomplished, what was holding them back? The love of money in many cases. The accountability to those who could give that money. President Trump doesn't care about that. You know how he says in his rally speeches, hey, I could have, how many times I could have picked up the phone and called a single person and gotten millions of dollars for my campaign. He said, I didn't do that and I didn't want to do that. Because then that person would call me back at some future time when I'm sitting in the Oval Office and ask for some kind of favor. I don't want to be making presidential decisions based on who I owe favors to. I want to make presidential decisions based on one thing only, the good of the American people. And so he didn't pick up that phone and call for it, call in those millions of dollars. Show me how many politicians follow that same example. Show me how many politicians give away their presidential salary. Go look it up. Look at the records of President Trump. Just go look it up. And remind people about it. Because, brothers and sisters, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. So... We don't need any anti-Trump people occupying the speakership of the House of Representatives. No to Emmer. Now, there's a lot of other great candidates, but please, we have to decide. And at a certain point, the need to get the job done has to take more and more of a priority. We want to get good leadership. We want to get strong conservative leadership. And by the way, if you haven't called your member of Congress... And you know the Capitol switchboard is 202-224-3121. We should all memorize that number. 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. The Capitol switchboard. You just ask for the office of your representative. Tonight's the night to call. Tonight they're having a gathering, and then tomorrow they're going to have another vote. Let's get this job done so we can get a speaker in the House. What The message that we've been urging people to give when they call their representative is, is, is very, very simple. And never mind about the Democrat reps at this point. This is a Republican vote. We want the most conservative. We want a strongly conservative speaker. We don't want any anti-Trump nonsense. We want a strong conservative speaker uh, that's going to have the benefit of the MAGA movement in their heart. Give a call. Give a call tonight. Let the message be recorded. House race. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come descend upon the members of the House, the Republican members who are gathering, listening to the different those who such an important decision. The Lord God help help our members on the Republican side of the House to overcome any obstacles, including here we are again, the love of money. Lord God, the, 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 the desire to, to spend our taxpayer money, free our, free our representatives from this illusion that we can just keep on spending. We can't cut anything. 
and we're cutting the wrong things. Give wisdom, give supernatural guidance, send the Holy Spirit, and may we come to a quick conclusion to this speaker's race so we can get on with the business of governing the country and helping the world at this critical time. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me show you a quick video. You know, so many people are getting it wrong in terms of um, what's going on in the Middle East and in Israel. They don't understand the history dealing with Israel and the Palestinians. They don't understand that this is not simply a land dispute. It's not about two nations. Palestinians aren't a nation. And it's not really about politics, certainly not just about geography. It's about religion, and it's about religious hatred. Not only that, but Biden has put us in a, in a terrible position. Worse and worse and worse. You know, he says he's been saying a lot of the right things. That doesn't mean he's on the right track. It's what he isn't saying, and it's what he's doing. And the money by the tens of billions that has, flo- that has flooded Iran, not enforcing the sanctions of, on oil that President Trump put in place, and now allowing a, a cap on their missile production to expire and doing nothing, Biden has set the whole world on such a dangerous course. I want to show you two quick video clips uh, just that are very, very good, and, and feel free to share them uh, via this uh, program with others. Uh, very, uh, very educational, very insightful. Uh, let's take a look. If Israel just allowed the Palestinians to have a state of their own, there would be peace in the Middle East, right? That's what you hear from UN ambassadors, European diplomats, and most college professors. But what if I told you that Israel has already offered the Palestinians a state of their own, and not just once, but on five separate occasions? Don't believe me? Let's review the record. After the breakup of the Ottoman Empire following World War I, Britain took control of most of the Middle East, including the area that constitutes modern Israel. 17 years later, in 1936, the Arabs rebelled against the British and against their Jewish neighbors. The British formed a task force, the Peel Commission, to study the cause of the rebellion. The commission concluded that the reason for the violence was that two peoples, Jews and Arabs, wanted to govern the same land. The answer, the Peel Commission concluded, would be to create two independent states, one for the Jews and one for the Arabs, a two-state solution. The suggested split was heavily in favor of the Arabs. The British offered them 80% of the disputed territory, the Jews the remaining 20%. Yet, despite the tiny size of their proposed state, the Jews voted to accept this offer. But the Arabs rejected it and resumed their violent rebellion. Rejection number one. Ten years later, in 1947, the British asked the United Nations to find a new solution to the continuing tensions. Like the Peel Commission, the UN decided that the best way to resolve the conflict was to divide the land. In November 1947, the UN voted to create two states. Again, the Jews accepted the offer, and again, the Arabs rejected it. Only this time, they did so by launching an all-out war. Rejection number two. Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, Lebanon, and Syria joined the conflict, but they failed. Israel won the war and got on with the business of building a new nation. 
Most of the land set aside by the UN for an Arab state, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, became occupied territory, occupied not by Israel, but by Jordan. 20 years later, in 1967, the Arabs, led this time by Egypt and joined by Syria and Jordan, once again sought to destroy the Jewish state. The 1967 conflict, known as the Six-Day War, ended in a stunning victory for Israel. Jerusalem and the West Bank, as well as the area known as the Gaza Strip, fell into Israel's hands. The government split over what to do with this new territory. Half wanted to return the West Bank to Jordan and Gaza to Egypt in exchange for peace. The other half wanted to give it to the region's Arabs, who had begun referring to themselves as the Palestinians in the hope that they would ultimately build their own state there. Neither initiative got very far. A few months later, the Arab League met in Sudan and issued its infamous three no's. No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel. Again, a two-state solution was dismissed by the Arabs, making this rejection number three. In 2000, Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak met at Camp David with Palestinian Liberation Organization Chairman Yasser Arafat to conclude a new two-state plan. Barak offered Arafat a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank, with East Jerusalem as its capital. But the Palestinian leader rejected the offer. In the words of U.S. President Bill Clinton, Arafat was here 14 days and said no to everything. Instead, the Palestinians launched a bloody wave of suicide bombings that killed over 1,000 Israelis and maimed thousands more on buses, in wedding halls, and in pizza parlors. Rejection number four. In 2008, Israel tried yet again. Prime Minister Ehud Olmert went even further than Ehud Barak had, expanding the peace offer to include additional land to sweeten the deal. Like his predecessor, the new Palestinian leader, Mahmoud Abbas, turned the deal down. Rejection number five. In between these last two Israeli offers, Israel unilaterally left Gaza giving the Palestinians complete control there. Instead of developing this territory for the good of its citizens, the Palestinians turned Gaza into a terrorist base from which they have fired thousands of rockets into Israel. Each time Israel has agreed to a Palestinian state, the Palestinians have rejected the offer, often violently. So if you're interested in peace in the Middle East, Maybe the answer is not to pressure Israel to make yet another offer of a state to the Palestinians. Maybe the answer is to pressure the Palestinians to finally accept the existence of a Jewish state. I'm David Brog, Executive Director of the Maccabee Task Force for Prager University. It sure is helpful to know some history, and that's what I want to encourage everybody to do. Learn, take, take these days, not just to look at various news reports and commentary spin, but learn the history. And also let's understand how the United States right now is utterly failing in leadership. The continued decline of Biden, total decline. Let's look at this clip by our friend Mark Lauder over at the America First Policy Institute uh, that I'm very involved with. It's a great, great institute, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Check it out uh, when you have a chance. Uh, and let's listen to what he says about the danger of all this uh, 
trouble that's been happening over there in Israel uh, coming right here to our shores through a certain open border. Let's listen to Mark. Our country has never been less safe since 9-11. Think about that for a moment. Because of Joe Biden's open border policies, 8 million illegal immigrants estimated have gotten into our country. They're not vetted, and yet they're wandering around our country. We've captured 264 known or suspected terrorists. And let me tell you something. The only reason why they were captured is because they were too stupid to know that they were on the terror watch list. The true bad guys, the people who are actually the worst of the worst terrorists, know they're on that list. They snuck in. They didn't go up there and run to a Border Patrol agent. Our country has not been less safe since 9-11. That means each and every one of us now have to remember that lesson we learned in those days after that terror attack. If you see something, say something. There are 8 million people, including people from the Middle East, from Iran, from Syria, from Afghanistan, who might not have the best intentions for our country. And now we need to know what they might be up to before it's too late. Good intention for prayer, right? We're going to pray for the safety of all of us. Here we don't just comment on the news, we pray over the news. Let's pray for the safety of all of us. And I want to conclude with a couple of statistics that show as a result of all this stuff, the Biden corruption, the Biden policy failures, his own personal health condition, is continuing to slide downward. Which, of course, hopefully means, hopefully, that citizens will be wise enough to... uh, Vote against them. Let's pray. Father, we uh, we know from your word that you are our safety. You are our security. You are our refuge, the rock of our salvation. Bless our families. Protect our community. Send your holy angels to surround our homes, churches, businesses, cities, countrysides, our border. Lord, it is a disaster. But surround us with the protection of your holy angels and your Holy Spirit. Keep far from us the murderous intent of any terrorists that have indeed entered our country with bad intent. Thwart their plans, frustrate their desires. Raise up strong protection. Raise up an aware and vigilant citizenry in the United States. And Lord, through knowing the history and being attentive to the signs of the times, may we do our part in protecting ourselves and may we elect leaders who know how to protect us instead of the disaster we currently have in Washington and in the White House. God, deliver us. God, protect us. Our founders put their trust in you. We renew that trust today. Help us, Lord God. Keep us safe from terror. And turn back those who hate America. Keep them far from our shores. 
We pray in the mighty name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Biden is losing this election and in a big way. Morning Consult did a significant poll recently. Dick Morris was just talking about this on his broadcasts over the last few days. Uh, Morning Consult did a large poll, very, very large sampling, 5,000 calls made. And they uh, found Trump ahead in the key presidential states with one small exception, Georgia, President Trump ahead of Biden, five points. Arizona, ahead of Biden, four points. Wisconsin, Trump ahead of Biden, two points. Pennsylvania, ahead by one point, although there was another poll that showed nine points. North Carolina, Trump ahead of Biden by four points. Now in Michigan, the poll showed them tied. And only in Nevada, Trump was behind Biden by three points. So we're talking about a major, major uh, continued margin of victory here for President Trump in the uh, key states. And what we're also seeing is a tremendous growth of support for President Trump among three constituencies that are key to the Democrats' past success. In other words, he's eating into key aspects of their base. What am I talking about? The youth vote, President Trump continues to gain significantly in the youth vote. You talk about uh, Generation Z, Gen Z, right? You know, uh, the Democrats count on getting the youth vote, but Gen Z, people 18 to 25 years old, President Trump is getting more and more of them. Uh, The black vote. Now, in 2020, the black vote was was only um, 12% in the President Trump camp. Now it's more like 25%. I mean, this is historic. More than double what it was a few years back. The black vote. And the Latino vote, whereas it was about 27% back in uh, 2020, now it's up to 38%. And, you know, you get these kind of numbers in the black and Hispanic uh, communities, Democrats are really in trouble. I mean, obviously, they still carry the majority, but it's not a question of carrying the majority. It's a question of carrying what you what you need. And President Trump is eating into those bases very significantly. People see all this stuff that's going on. They see all this stuff that we're talking about here today. They see it. And they know what it means. They know what it means for themselves, for their families, for their country. And they don't want it. We're going to talk uh, tomorrow a little bit more about um, RFK. There was some talking points put out by the uh, the RNC that I want to uh, review with you. And uh, bottom line is uh, he, in the race as an independent, along with also Cornell West, running in this presidential race as an independent. Friends, they're cutting votes away more from Biden than from Trump, like five to seven points away from Biden as, as compared to uh, President Trump. So that ultimately is, again, good for the country. But anybody who uh, you know might think that uh, RFK is better than uh, 
better than these radical Democrats? Well, the RNC has something to say about that, but we don't have time for that today. We'll go into that tomorrow. Let's go back to prayer. Father, thank you for this time when we reflect on and pray for America. We know that we deeply need your grace. We know that our fellow citizens deeply need your wisdom. And we know that you generously promise to pour out wisdom on your on your people. Thank you for that, Lord God. And bless us now as we move forward in our efforts to not only change this country, but to save this country. We pray now for one another, bless all our needs, receive all our intentions, grant all our, the graces uh, that we require to serve you faithfully. And bless us now as we pray the words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, it was great to pray with you tonight, friends, in the light of all that's going on. Keep up those prayers. Stay connected with our ministry. We are at endabortion.us, endabortion.us, and stay connected with me on all the social media platforms at FR Frank Pavone. Thank you for that. We will talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King with Priest for Life. The great issues of social justice, civil rights, and pro-life in our nation have made progress when citizens take their convictions into the voting booth. It's not enough simply to believe or speak about what is right. We have to elect lawmakers who will pass the right laws. As my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the law can't make my brother love me, but it can stop him from lynching me. Making laws and changing hearts go hand in hand. When people's hearts and minds are changed, they will elect people who will change laws and court decisions. So dear friends, if you're not yet registered to vote, please register today. And when you do go into that polling place, please vote pro-life. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.